evening, everyone. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Um, I want to say, well, Happy Mother's Day to all the mums, the grandmas, the gmas, the uh, nanas, the aunties, the antos. No, not antos. Aunties. <laughs> we want to celebrate all of our ladies today. Um, and I know there's someone special in your life that you need to celebrate today. You know, some of the dads are taking on mom's roles right now because of the work. We're out of work. So let's kind of give them a, a happy Mother's Day for their efforts, too, and also. And I know adoptive parents, special to my heart, because that takes a lot of effort, you know. Um, so thank you for the, the moms that take in children. Um, it says that mothers are tender. Well, if you know me, you probably will think otherwise. But we're supposed to be tender, loving, care, and strong. We have a desire to guide. Not OCD, but to guide. Uh, we want to keep our children safe. We want them to know about the awesome God, um, God that we know personally. So we want to, you know, guide them spiritually, physically, mentally. We just really have a tendency to do that. So that's a lot of work to think and to be all those different things. So let's celebrate them today. But because of my good, good father, I get to be a good, good mom. So let's all stand. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. Savior Jesus Christ. It is good to be loved by our good, good Father, isn't it? Uh, we love Him this morning and we know that He loves us. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for this morning and we thank you for being with us and gathering with us here as we have come into your house. God, I pray that your spirit just simply settles down with us and God, that as we lift up our words of praise and worship to you, God, that you would receive them as a sweet incense unto you. Because, God, this is your day. And we glorify you with all that we do and all that we say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's sing out this morning. Bye. 
good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Amen. Aren't you all thankful for the good, good Father this morning? All right. As we sing this next song, I want you guys to invite the Holy Spirit down this morning. Saturate this place with His presence. Because it's all for the glory and honor for Him. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You are living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest when my heart becomes free and my shame is
Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, everything that we deal with through the pandemic through the struggles in our lives we need him now more than ever so as we sing this song let's give praise and let's just invite him into our hearts this morning sing out with every word and every breath that you have Lord I come I confess bowing here I find single day that we call out to him and we look to him for all of our guidance and for what we need John chapter 15 verse 26 it says but I will send you the advocate the spirit of truth he will come to you from the father and will testify about me And that is the spirit that we have been singing about this morning. And that is the one that we worship and that we praise today is our Heavenly Father that sent to us His Holy Spirit 
to guide us and to direct us. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you and we praise you, dear Lord, so much for this day. God, as we have sung praises unto you this morning, God, we pray again, dear Lord, that you would receive them as a sweet incense unto you. God, as we glorify you today and as everything that we do is to honor you and to praise and to worship you for who you are and for what you have done, but God, for what you are going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see some of the... uh, some of the new faces, I say new faces, it's just simply because we've been away from here for so long. Uh, it's good to see everybody that's here. Uh, good to have this crowd with us this morning. For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking through and been looking at John, and we spend at least two weeks in John chapter 15. In, in John chapter 15, We have this story or we have the scripture that tells us about abiding in the vine and how we are branches and how we are supposed to abide in the the vine. And the vine is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the gardener is God the Father. And we looked into this, and after we studied that and we talked about abiding in the vine, we get this understanding that we have that... um, Jesus goes after that in 16 and he begins to say that we are actually friends and we're friends because he has told us all the things that his father had and gives us a little bit more of an intimacy in the relationship that we have. Further on in 15, if you read into that, he goes, he begins to go in and tell them as far as how they were going to be persecuted and how they were actually going to be, you know, they were going to be killed. And the people that were going to be killing them were the ones that actually would, they would begin to think that they were actually doing God's work by killing the disciples. And then we find here in, uh, you know, verse 26 um, of chapter 15 that Jesus first tells them about the advocate or about the Holy Spirit coming. Now, in this, I think about this, and I have to ask you the question today, how are you doing with this social distancing? Is, you know, how are y'all doing? Are y'all doing good? Is there, are y'all struggling with social distancing? I, you know, I see shakings of it. I'm struggling with, distance, you know, with social distancing. I keep my social distance, but I don't like it. Uh, you know, I, I I observe, but you know, you should have seen Peggy and I yesterday. We went to, uh, we had to go to the grocery store, and we had to go to uh, Lowe's to to pick up some things, and they have these markers and stuff on the lines for you to stand at, right? So I'm standing there on this line, and Peggy comes zipping past me and goes walking right up to the cash register, and she's like, "Hey, we're we live together. You can come up and be up here with me." I'm like, I understand, but I'm, obi- I'm obi- obeying, uh, you know, the safety rules here. So, um, I, you know, so I, I abide by them, but I don't like them. I have, in, in this particular time, I, I believe I have gone to the park, uh, you know, next to the house, more than I have ever been to the park. And whenever you go to the park, they have this little sign that tells you, remember to maintain your six-feet social distancing. Right, we have it there. We hear it on the news. Uh, for y'all that are the first time, this is y'all's first time into the sanctuary since all of this. You notice that there's things different, right? We now have caution tapes up to help you to maintain social distancing. I know that y'all didn't notice it whenever you walked in because all the doors were open, but the designated entrance door is the center door into the sanctuary and the exit doors are the ones that are on the side. That's to keep us safe, to make sure that we have a flow of traffic that comes in and and then goes out and we're not walking side by side with each other. Now, in this, 
I think some of these social distancing things and some of the things that have came out about the pandemic that we're going through are, are going to stay. It's just like whenever 9-11 came and we had the TSA agents and travel on airplanes and travel on buses and on trains and stuff, uh, you know, really changed, dramatically changed, and they're still here. I believe that the social distancing in some way or another is going to be that one thing that's going to stay. Now, I want to say this, uh, you know, I have issues with it because I like to hug people. I really do. I, I like to shake hands. Uh, you know, I like to get close to you. So as we come back, we will observe social distancing. But if you have no problem with getting a hug, I'll give you a hug. If you have no problems with sitting with people that's not in your family, I have no problem with that as long as they don't have a problem with it. Now, if they have a problem with it because you didn't shower, that's another thing. Uh, you know, social distancing doesn't have anything to do with a shower. You do not have to be distant from the water. Here it is. Come on now. Uh, you know, I sat in the house for four days and did not move. And I want you to know, I, you know, I'm not really that proud of this, but I'm pretty sure that every morning in those four days, I did not take a shower. Now, I can tell you, I didn't go four days. I did go somewhere in between there. But we can't be, we can't social distance away from the water. We still need to make sure that we do shower and take care of ourselves. But in this, I do want you to kind of understand as far as for the church, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that you are safe and secure but if you don't want to abide by the safeties and securities and you want to be with other people, I'm not going to stop you. Okay? So, Joyce, uh, you know, if you want to slide over and sit closer to Wanda than you are to Bob, you can go ahead and do that. I'm not going to stop you. But those are, I think that's something that we're going to have, to, that, we're, that we will have for quite a while. Um, as your church, uh, you know, I want you to know that uh, we are going to have two services on Sunday mornings, most probably at least until somewhere in the late fall, um, if not all the way into Christmas, that we'll have two services. You can choose which one you want to come to. If you get bored of the group that's in the second service, come to the 9 o'clock service and have new friends. I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to tell you what service you have to come to, but just simply to make sure that we are safe and that we're protecting ourselves. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to do that. One of the things about social distancing that we're going to talk about, and today I I titled this morning's message, uh, you know, the uh, unprofessional social distancing from God, and I thank God that He doesn't know anything about social distancing. He doesn't care about social distancing. I am so thankful that God came and found me. And not only did he stand, you know, he didn't stand six feet away from me. He stood right in my personal space and he invited me to have a relationship with him. And whenever we think about that, I, I notice and I told you that I've been walking more often. Whenever you walk and you go to those parks and you have someone that comes along the side of you, whether they're coming the opposite way or they happen to be traveling uh, you know, a little bit faster than you are, they go all the way to the other side of the path. And I've noticed that whenever they go to the other side of the path, if they're coming towards you, they immediately look to the ground. They don't want to make eye contact. Now, you know, more and more people are getting out, but more and more people are getting out and still staying completely alone. To me, whenever I'm walking and I see somebody coming up to me and they put their eyes to the ground and they don't want to make eye contact, that's kind of like saying sick them. Uh, you know, to a bulldog, and I talk to him even more instead of just saying, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, how you doing? How's your day going? You having a good day?" I want to make, I make an attempt, I make it an attempt to be able to communicate with them. Yes, I'm going to have social distancing, but I still want to be able to have a relationship with them. 
there are some people that we do have to maintain social distance from. There are some people in this world that are not safe that we have to keep our guard up. Now, I'm not talking about wearing a mask. I'm talking about the ones that are wearing masks to do some harm to you. We do have to make sure that we do protect ourselves from those people. We have to make sure that we protect our children from those people. We gathered together yesterday in a group. Uh, It might have been young adults, but Peggy and I was there, so young adults kind of went out the window as soon as we showed up. But we were sitting there in the parking lot, and we had our lawn chairs, and we had food, some from Moe's, some from Arby's, uh, you know, and we sat there, and we ate, and we, we talked and had a good time, uh, you know, but part of that situation, part of that that we were talking about was the fact that we sometimes are afraid to, you know, to actually have a relationship with other people. So as their pastor, I threw this out there to him for a comment. I said, okay. I said, Jesus said the most important or the number one, yeah, the most important commandment is what? And it says, love the Lord your God. Your, love the Lord, uh, you know, God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And they said, yeah, that's good. I'm like, what does that mean in a relationship? And they all stood at me like y'all are, with you know, deer in headlights. Like, what do you mean, Pastor? In a relationship, I'm like, well, friendship, husband and wife, uh, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, any type of a relationship. How does that deal? Or what does that tell you that you're supposed to do with that relationship? It says that we have to love the Lord our God. If we do not love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength, we cannot love others in the manner that we need to love them. So whenever we look at this social distancing and we look at this pandemic that we're in, we have to remember that, yes, some people want us to be distant because they feel that they need it to be safe. We need to understand that and we need to honor that. But we do not need to be distant in our relationship with one another. And the only way that that relationship with one another can't be social distancing or can't be distant is if we have God the Father living within us through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells us in John chapter 16, beginning with verse 1, but right there in the end of it, in verse 7, it says that he will send us an advocate. It's without that Holy Spirit that we have the issue. So in thinking about this social distancing, it took me to a place that most probably none of you ever went to or none of you had during this time have thought about. But it took me to an elevator and to the person that created the elevator, who invented the elevator, I say created, who invented the elevator Elijah Otts or Oates? Yes. Otis? The first elevator that was ever invented didn't have any, you know, specific measurements on it, but it was approximately four by, you know, two by four or four by, you know, so in other words, two people get into it and they're touching each other. He didn't care about social distancing. But what about elevators today? How many of y'all have been on an elevator during this pandemic? Okay, we've got one. Were you the only one on it? No? Okay, see, there you go. Because an elevator is a box now that's approximately four by six. And you have somewhere around five or six people normally will stand there and somebody will go up there and push the button and they'll stand there and wait for the elevator to come. They hear the ding, the doors open, and they all move into the elevator. And what do you do whenever you first get into the elevator? You move to your private spot. You get as far away from everybody as you possibly can. Can I tell you, you're not social distancing if you're in an elevator because they're only six feet wide, so only one person can be in it. But now what happens after that? As soon as those doors close, you are in an intimate relationship with four or five people that you have no clue on who they are. So what do you do with it? 
You're either going to stare down at the floor or you're going to stare at those little flashing lights on the side so that you're, you know, just in case the elevator happens to miss your floor, you want to look and you're going to make sure that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, this elevator might not reach floor number three that I need to get off on. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to watch this thing. We do not have no, you know, unless you know the person, you're not having any type of contact with those people there. You're not going to say a word. Now, there again, as a pastor and as the chaplain at, uh, you know, at Piedmont Hospital, if I was on the elevator and somebody else was on that elevator, I was talking to them. I don't care who they were. By the time I got out of the elevator, I knew their name. Now, whenever I got to the room of the person that I was visiting, I forgot who I was talking to on the elevator. I, you know, it just leaves my mind. But I had a conversation with the person in the elevator. We can't be afraid of these relationships. We, we do need to deal with the social distancing, but we can't be afraid of having a relationship because God has brought us to this earth to have a relationship. His son came to this earth so that we would be able to have a right relationship with God the Father. One of the things that we get from this relationship and that we see is that we get unity. Remember last week we talked about unity as one of the benefits of having a friendship or a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's enough about social distancing. Let's get to John chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. John chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Jesus starts it off and it says, I have told you these things so that you would not, so that you would, wouldn't abandon your faith. They wouldn't abandon their faith. Why? Let's find out. For you will be expelled from the synagogue. The time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I am telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. Do not, I do not tell you, I did not tell you this earlier because I was, I was going to be with you a little while longer. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not, and not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you were grieved of what I have told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I do not, if, if I do not the advocate will not come. If I do go away then I will send him to you. So we find here that uh, you know, Jesus waited to tell them so that they would not abandon their faith. So in other words, so that their faith would be able to grow in Jesus Christ because of the news that he was about to give to them. And the news that he was going to give to them is that they would be expelled from the synagogue and the people that were going to kill them were, were going to kill them thinking that they were doing something that God wanted them to do. How many of y'all have watched those horror movies or shows where you know somebody kills somebody because uh, you know they had sinned and they said that God gave you know God told me to kill them because of their sin? That's really scary. But Jesus was talking about the persecution that was going to happen to the disciples, uh, you know, after his departure. And how each one of the disciples, except for John, would die a martyrdom's death. And Jesus says that here, he goes, I know that this is going to be difficult. But I kept from telling you this so that your faith would remain in these times. Jesus is telling his disciples this and then he goes in and he says that if he doesn't go, then the advocate would not come. 
So in other words, the Holy Spirit wouldn't be able to come unless Jesus Christ left. Now, the Holy Spirit was already there because the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus and stayed there, right? Was in Jesus. So Jesus was talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to begin his ministry until Jesus Christ's ministry was over and he had left. Now Jesus' ministry was a great ministry. He did miracles and there was a lot of people that realized who he was and looked upon him as the Messiah, but there was a lot of them that didn't understand him. But Jesus' footprint was small compared to the Holy Spirit's footprint. Jesus was only able to do a certain thing. Jesus was not able to be with every person at all times, regardless of where they were. So we see that Jesus says that the advocate or the Holy Spirit is coming and he is going to do something that I can't do. He is going to be within you. But whenever the Holy Spirit comes and is within us, the Holy Spirit has specific things that it is supposed to do or that it will do. He says that it will teach you the truth. And Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ is truth. So in other words, the Holy Spirit will teach us what Jesus Christ needs for us to know. We also get in Scripture that Jesus Christ teaches us what the Father gives him. So the Father teaches Jesus. Jesus tells the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit tells us. The Holy Spirit guides us in the path that God has for us to go. There's absolutely nothing that the Holy Spirit tells us that God the Father doesn't want us and tell us to do. They have unity within them. In Psalms chapter uh, 133, we find these words. It says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. For harmony is, a is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the borders of his robe. Harmony is refreshing as the dew from Mount Harmon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing even Life everlasting. So the relationship that the Holy Spirit brings that is unified within God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, is the harmony that He brings to us so that we can live in harmony with God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but also that we are able to live in harmony with the people that's around us. We are not able to live in harmony the way that fellow Christians and brothers and sisters are supposed to live unless we have the Holy Spirit living within us, guiding and directing our lives. The Holy Spirit is supposed to guide, direct, teach, and is supposed to empower us, and is supposed to strengthen us whenever we're weak, and is supposed to join us together as the Father and the Son are one. That we as Christians are joined together with Him. So this social distancing that we have, it cannot interfere in our relationships with one another. As we live in this world, in this new world that we are in right now, the Holy Spirit has to be our guide. The Holy Spirit has to be the one that draws us and the one that directs us. The Holy Spirit draws us to others. 
But we can't have the Holy Spirit in our lives if we do not believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We must invite the Holy Spirit in. One of the things about the Holy Spirit is, is that whenever it came to this earth, there's absolutely not a single place that the Holy Spirit is not. There is nowhere on this earth that the Holy Spirit is not. The Holy Spirit is within us as soon as we are created by God. It only has realm or reign in our lives whenever we realize who Jesus Christ is and then we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to move and work in our lives. So one of the key things that the Holy Spirit does for us or in, in us is it transforms us into the person that God needs for us to be. But there has to be do you hear this? There has to be the willingness within us to allow the Holy Spirit to do what God directs it to do. For us to be who God truly wants us to be, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. So in this new world and that we live in, in this pandemic situation that we have, I want to make sure that you understand that concern needs to be there. But fear has no place in a Christian's life. And to me, as a pastor, that is where I worry the most. Because our government and the media is doing nothing but stirring up fear. And there are Christians that are falling by the, white, by the wayside because they are allowing the fear to come into their hearts and their lives. Can I let you know that God knows the hour and the day that you are going to breathe your last breath? He knows whether or not it's going to be through COVID-19 or from the flu or from some crazy person driving really fast through the drive-thru before you get to your car. He knows when you're going to die and he knows how you're going to die. He is in control of all things. And if we trust him and we allow the Holy Spirit to move and to live within our lives, then we do not live a life full of fear. We do live a life full of concern, concern for our health, concern for others. But we don't allow it to direct our lives because of who God is, but because of what he does within our lives. When we're at our weakest, he's at his strongest. Whenever we relinquish all control, he's the one that has it. This morning, unprofessional social distancing has God written all over it. And I thank God that he did. He moved in in my life. I challenge you in these days to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. To allow him to move in those areas that you have never let him be. I find it really interesting. You go and you look in the second chapter of, of John and you find that, uh, that Jesus cleans, cleans, out, cleans out the temple and we find in that passage of Scripture that once Jesus does that, the Pharisees and the Sadducees come out and they ask for a sign. Now in that particular day and time, it wouldn't be that strange for them to have asked for the sign. So that's why you find Jesus says, he says, okay, he says, I'll give you a sign. 
He said, in three days, you'll do, you know, this body, you know, this temple will be destroyed, and I will resurrect this, body, you know, this temple in three days. Now, I want to take you into some theological background on this, because whenever we look into the temple, the only place that God was was within the Holy of Holies, which was in the very center of the temple. Now, Jesus is talking about, and he is dealing with the fact that you will tear down this temple, as in this body, and it will be resurrected again. They were talking and thinking the physical. They said it, takes, it took 46 years to build this temple. Where was God? In the Holy of Holies. In that little box. God could not go any further than that box. You got it? Couldn't go any further than that box. Jesus said that it's going to be destroyed. And we know that whenever Jesus died on the cross, that the veil was ripped from the bottom to the top, opening up the Holy of Holies. We also know that 70 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know, that the whole temple was destroyed. Jesus was telling us two things, and it's key for us today. Number one, God's no longer in that little box. We can never put God in a box, although we try to. We put compartments in our lives, and we say, you can't go here, or you can't go here. We tell the Holy Spirit, you can deal in my life in this area, but not over in this area. Jesus said, no, that's not... It's not it. But he also tells us in this fact that within that holy of holies that we have to do something to make a step towards God Almighty. God lives in the world, but he's not the world. God's in this church, but he's not this physical building. But we do have to go somewhere to meet him one-on-one. Whether it be your prayer closet, whether it be you're in the line at a grocery store maintaining your safe distancing, We have to do something to come into the presence of God Almighty. And the first thing is, is that we have to allow him to come out of his box. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. Because without the Holy Spirit guiding us and directing us, the relationship that we need to have with God the Father and with anyone else here on this earth is lacking. It is only with the guidance of the Holy Spirit that we can have the relationships today that we need to have. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you, dear Lord, so much for this day. God, I thank you for the words that you have given to us. And yes, God, I thank you that you ignore all social distancing in my life. And God, that you move into the areas that make me uncomfortable. God, you move into the areas that I try to hold on to. God, I pray, dear Lord, that each one that is here, God, that we would begin to open up and release those spots And God, that we would allow your Holy Spirit to move into those spaces, but not only to move there, but God, to transform those spaces and to change us into the person that you truly have for us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand for dismissal. Whenever you exit out, uh, just be mindful that 
the uh, there's boxes, one on each side in the foyer, uh, and you can uh, place your offering in those boxes, and that would be good. Also, as we continue to slowly open up the church and get everything working back, uh, the next thing that we have done is that we have opened up Tuesday night prayer meetings. Uh, so Tuesday nights at 714, we will meet here in the sanctuary, and we will have that time of prayer and uh, you know pray, prayer report, pray prayer request and prayer, uh, you know, on Tuesdays, uh, you know, so come and join us, uh, you know, with that we have plenty of space here that we're able to, to branch out and to pray and to, you know, to thank God for what he's done for us, all right, let's bow our heads for dismissal. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you, dear Lord, so much for today. God, I thank you that you have met with us in this place. God, I pray that your face would shine upon us. And God, that your blessings from heaven will be poured out on each one here today. In Jesus' name, amen.